Welcome to the Brandon Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each episode, uh, you'll experience insightful discussions about important topics that you can turn around and immediately implement in your business so you can become a more effective insurance professional. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about all things ESOP, um, Employee Stock Ownership Program uh, with Brian Turner and uh, and and our esteemed guest, Chris, all every time. So good morning, y'all. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. And Brian, um, if you'd take a few minutes to introduce yourself and kind of explain to us what an ESOP is so we know what we're talking about. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, my name is Brian Turner. I'm with SCS Administration. Um, we're a, a company that focuses on ESOPs, which are employee stock ownership plans, just a little clarification there. And uh, we have been doing that for many years. Uh, and like uh, Chris was talking about, my father was a pioneer in the ESOP industry and I've kind of followed his footsteps um, since uh, he started in the early seventies. And I continue on doing it for our company. And an ESOP is an IRS-approved qualified retirement plan. It's uh, really what it is, more than anything, is like a profit-sharing plan. That is the foundation for an ESOP. Uh, what's different than a typical profit-sharing plan where a company contributes cash into an account and that cash is invested in mutual funds or stocks or bonds, in an ESOP, the investment is company stock. That's really the focus. You, you can invest in those other areas in an ESOP, but really the purpose of it is to invest in company stock. So if you just can imagine a, a company opening a bank account, call it the ABC Corporation ESOP bank account, and they put in like $200,000 contribution for the employees to share in. Well, that $200,000 cash there uh, now a owner of the company can sell a portion of his stock and receive that cash. And that's how ESOPs work. Now there's a lot of things from there that can happen, but that's the basic idea. So the cash that is put into the ESOP uh, is a tax deduction uh, to the corporation, or in some cases, the corporation can actually be tax exempt by having an ESOP, which is a huge feature for the corporation. Uh, shares purchased in the ESOP are owned by uh, the plan or the trust. It's not like that you have a bunch of uh, minority shareholders in the ESOP. Uh, the employees, the plan participants, we refer to them as um, beneficial owners in the plan, or they're thinking it this way, they're beneficiaries of the trust. So that's basically how ESOP works. Now, from there, we can talk about the benefits to a selling shareholder. Uh, to a selling shareholder, obviously, if the company is contributing cash into this account and the owner's thinking about selling his shares and receiving that cash, it creates immediate liquidity for those shares. And also, the, uh, in many cases, a selling shareholder says, well, I'm going to want to sell more than just $200,000. let us say the company's worth $3 million, for example. Uh, the, the selling shareholder could say, well, I'll sell a um, million dollars worth of my stock 
to the ESOP and I'll set up a promissory note. So the company, you contribute $200,000 a year to this uh, account. And then each year I'll get paid on my promissory note plus interest. And that's how oftentimes ESOPs are set up as well. The sale can be any percent of ownership. So an owner could, again, I just use the example of the 200,000, you know, he could just sell a little bit at a time over a period of time, or he could sell up to 100% of his shares, whatever the shareholders want to do. So I, I, what I'm hearing you say, Brian, that's pretty interesting is, and I think it's maybe one of the misconceptions that I hear all the time about ESOPs is there's all kinds of flexibility if someone wants to go down the ESOP path. Yes. Yeah, very much. Very much. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times when they're thinking about an ESOP, they'll hear the 30 percent uh, number oftentimes. Um, and, and that is used oftentimes that if 30 percent of the stock is in the ESOP after the transaction, then the transaction can qualify for a tax deferred or even a tax free sale. There's a deferral of capital gains in many cases. And oftentimes it's a tax-free sale because the seller never pays taxes on that transaction. And for that to uh, happen, then the ESOP after transaction has to have 30%. So we've seen it where uh, an owner could sell 10% and then you know pays the capital gains tax on that transaction. But then you know a couple of years later say, well, I want to pay, pay or sell 20%. And then when the owner sells 20%, now you've hit that 30% threshold and that 20% can be sold under a tax-free or tax-deferral basis. And then from there, each sale after that can be a tax-free or tax-deferred sale from there. Wow. So this is one of those things, right, where you're talking about ESOPs as maybe in perpetuation planning, but it's really uh, quite a bit of a, a tax planning thing. And especially now where there's, so much uh, froth in the marketplace for, oh, you got to sell now because the money's there. You feel pressured as right. an agency owner to, to, to get moving on something to, to take advantage of it. Or at the end of each year, you always hear, well, the tax, uh, the tax environment is going to change based on the administration. This is something that you can do pretty methodically over time, and you don't have to make those quick, rash decisions that would uh, dramatically change your life. Uh, as a business owner. Exactly. And that's what we mostly see, Paul, is, is we see it that way as it happens over time. And so what the owner does over time is really diversify his portfolio. So it's not all, you know, all the ownership or all eggs are in one basket, so to speak, but now uh, diversify and to put them into other investments. And one of the things also that uh, owner would like to do is keep control of the company, the seller. And so that can happen in ESOP. And oftentimes we see them very involved in the company until they get their last dollar payment for the company. They go, okay, that's good for me. <laughs> they don't want any control at all anymore. So, so now let's talk. Paul, Paul yeah, I bet, I mean, you've got decades of experience. No, no offense to date you, but you've got decades of experience. And how many owners have you come across over time where, the idea of tax-free sales, control it to the end, would be pretty appealing. Oh, it's hugely, it's hugely appealing. And I have to laugh at what Brian just said, because that's 
that's been my experience knowing owners all uh, quite a few of them over the years is that they want oh I can't walk away this is my identity this is this is my life I've built this thing they've been hugely successful mm-hmm. they're involved they're involved they're involved that last piece happens they're like you know there's other things in life to do right. and they're just boom <laughs> where'd they go right. yeah. so going on to the benefits for the corporation um, of course it creates a market for the company stock by setting up the ESOP and uh, substantial tax savings. So, you know, on the minimum side would be 21% uh, for federal, and then on the max would be 100%, uh, because in, in an S corporation, whatever percent the ESOP owns is tax exempt. So oftentimes we see it where the seller sells, seller sells, and then eventually the, really the goal is to become 100% owned ESOP, and now you have a tax exempt corporation. And with the tax exempt corporation, that really brings us to the next benefit of the corporation is it increases cash flow. As you can imagine, you know, no pay, not paying any corporate taxes of, of how much cash can be accumulated over time. And that helps also for uh, when the employees uh, kind of cash in their, their chips, so to speak, cash in their stock uh, when they leave the company or retire, uh, then there's the cash available. Uh, to purchase their shares. Uh, also, a big attraction for the corporation is uh, the repayment of debt with uh, tax deductible dollars or no tax dollars. So, of course, there's a deduction for interest, but now you have a deduction or no taxes involved pre-tax dollars uh, for principal payments as well. So you're, you're saying, Brian, that like if I go borrow money from a bank, I have to pay, redo the principal payments after tax. Right. And you're saying in an ESOP, it's pre-tax. I don't have, I don't, I, I get basically deduct the principal payments. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Paul? That's huge. That's huge. I mean, I've, I walk around and especially this time of year, I must've said it a hundred times already. It's uh, tax policy distorts behavior, right? And, and just, just you make, different choices, knowing that you're going to pay a huge chunk out in, in tax. So this allows you to make uh, pretty nice choices where you don't have that um, tax obligation hanging over your head. Yeah, huge feature for an ESOP, yes. Also, many of the companies that uh, install an ESOP have a, a profit sharing plan or a 401k plan. And so an easy, easy uh, integration can be done with an ESOP. Sometimes they're combined and sometimes they're keep, kept separate, but both administrators can work very nicely together with both plans. And also, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't create minority shareholders, which is a big attraction to the corporation. In the future, it doesn't interfere with the ability to do an IPO or to sell the company. Uh, actually, one of the big attractions for the employees is, is that you see kind of phases of ESOPs. The sellers will sell to an ESOP, and after that's finished, uh, maybe a buyer comes in years later to buy out the ESOP and gives a very generous offer. And so now the employees basically have a big party after that because they've now been cashed out for their stock, and then they have this uh, liquid 
cash now in the retirement account. And of course, they oftentimes roll it over to an IRA or, or to their 401k plan. Wow. And also a company can acquire uh, another company with pre-tax dollars or no tax dollars by using an ESOP. So let's also talk about the benefits to the employees. And, and there's been a lot of studies on this. Rutgers University has done a number of studies and uh, over the last 30 years or so. And what they have seen uh, is, is that when you look at ESOP companies compared to non-ESOP companies in the same industry, that the ESOP companies are more profitable, uh, greater productivity um, because of employee ownership. We see it motivates employees, it improves morale. And uh, so it's just really, sometimes we refer to it as a, the employee ownership environment. And when, when employees grasp that, it really can bring a lot of benefits in a great environment to the workplace. The employees, obviously, they're going to share in the equity growth of the company. Uh, and also, what is a real big motivation for an ESOP for the employees is, is that the contributions to an ESOP, in many cases, pay the debt um, when the seller sells and receives a payment each year. Uh, are usually much larger than a profit sharing plan or a 401k plan with a match. And you know, matches are nice and profit sharing contributions are nice, but we see that ESOP contributions tend to be much larger uh, for the employees. And so it, it, it creates a great uh, motivation in a couple of ways, because if the company is doing well, not only are the employees receiving a higher contribution than other plans typically, but the stock is going up. So you have this, this twofold motivation for them that they realize if, if the company does better, I do a better job, then we, we service our, our customers better, it's just gonna to continue to, to rise. And that's really when you have this fantastic environment in the company. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's That's great. pretty impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, some people listening to the podcast are going, this is just way too good to be true. There's just too many great things about this. There's got to be a price to be paid for all of these awesome benefits. Yeah. Well, we don't, we're not, we don't have time to get into that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Touch on it real quickly, please, Brian. No, what, 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 here, here's the thing. There's two things you've got, got to realize about ESOP. The owners, the sellers have got to realize you've got to embrace employee ownership. You've you got to be good. Now, With it's not like it's, we don't call it an employee-owned or employee-run company but it's an employee-owned company. So management still can stay in place and all. And oftentimes there's a transition over a period of time. So you've got to be comfortable with sharing ownership with the employees. Um, that, that's, that's the big thing. And another thing too is there's planning involved because eventually these employees are going to want to cash in their shares and hopefully at retirement with the company. And at that time, then there has to be the planning. Okay, we have to have the cash to pay them. now. There's a lot of features in the law that allow that to happen over a period of time. So it's not all cash at once. You know, we got to come up with this cash now, but there has to be planning involved uh, so as to pay the employees as, as they receive their retirement benefits or 
after a period of time after they leave the company. And there's I some will, cost, right? Yeah, there, there is. And I want to uh, emphasize what uh, Brian said about employee-owned versus employee-managed or run, having been involved in an ESOP before, that um, it wasn't operated day-to-day any differently than it was prior to that uh, ESOP change. The management team stayed in place, made the decisions. You do have a, uh, a trust there. Um, you have members of the board that, that, that manage it like they normally would. There are some uh, administrative uh, burdens there a little bit more than you'd have, and you have to pay attention to those. You have to be fairly detail-oriented, says the planning. But it, 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 it's a very efficient way to operate your business as well, even though there's more work to be done because you're doing the planning, you're, you're looking out into the future, you're making good decisions, and it's not like you have a whole bunch, like I think Brian mentioned too, a whole bunch of minority shareholders, quote unquote, gumming up the works. Um, it's is a really, it's it didn't operate any differently than uh, when it was a maybe a closely held corporation before moving into an ESOP. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing up that experience. And just uh, two other things about what also employees get excited about: we see some ESOP set up where there's dividends every year. So it's like at the end of the year, there's a bonus and the bonus comes from the ESOP dividends that they receive and not in the plan, outside the plan. So they get a dividend check each year. Uh, and then, of course, the funds in the ESOP accumulate tax for your, you know, and uh, like, like a 401k plan, like a profit sharing plan. And also in an ESOP, uh, what can happen is it can have a very tax favored distribution. There has to be a lump sum distribution. So it doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's paid out over a period of time. But in if it's a lump sum distribution, um, a participant is taxed a little differently than other qualified plans. Like in a 401k plan, whatever the growth is, is you're gonna tax as ordinary income tax. But in an ESOP, whatever the growth is of the stock is taxed at capital gains tax. So for example, let's say uh, a company does very well and an employee receives a $30,000 worth of contributions, but the stock grows 70,000. So at the end, they, as he's cashing in, it's a $100,000 account. Well, it's taxed at $30,000 of ordinary income tax, but 70,000 as a capital gains tax. So that's one really good advantage of myself. But again, it has to be a lump sum distribution for that to happen. And that doesn't happen all that often. But if the company plans right, it can happen. So those are the, the three benefits uh, to the uh, seller and the corporation and the employees. Well, very, very enlightening. Thank you so much for that. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. And with all the uh, acquisition activity and sales in the in the marketplace, I think this is one that is getting some more attention, had some attention and kind of go ebbs and flows, but something I think people should really look into and have some awesome benefits. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And Brian, you're down in San Diego with SES administration and people yep. can just look you up on the web to contact you if they have more interest in ESOPs, right? That's right. Yep. All right. Paul? Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Brian. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate your time as always. And Thanks to our listeners for taking the time to listen. We'll look forward to talking to you next time.